Hi, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. In this podcast, we'll be discussing self-care routines, mindset practices, and mindfulness habits. We'll combat the stigma around mental health in order to create a safe and open community for people to connect and not feel alone. Focus on your mindset rather than your situation. It's a game changer. Grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. You guys, it is July. I can't believe this month has been flying by. It is almost halfway over. The summer's almost halfway over. My goodness, I'm sorry for teachers listening, but yes, the summer maybe almost over or almost halfway over, depending on when you ended either in May or June. But we still have plenty of summer left. We've been having some beautiful weather here in New York. And again, I've been keeping my promise to myself, and I really hope you guys have been keeping the promise to yourself as well, is this summer do things that serve you and make you happy right? Don't do things, speak to people, go places that do not serve you and do not make you happy. The summer is all about setting boundaries, which is super important. I'm going to be also doing a podcast episode about healthy girl summer and setting mindfulness boundaries and routines. That'll be next week. So keep that in mind. Now, since we're speaking of summer, okay, people, During the summer, our hair is always out in sunlight, jumping into pools with chlorine, going to the beach with all that salt water. That can take a large toll on your hair. Now that everything's also opening up, people are going out, getting ready, doing their hair, right? A lot of heat damage is also happening to our hair. I know for me, especially during the summer, my hair (laughs) takes a beating. I'm actually, maybe next week or the week after that, I am going to finally go (laughs) and get my hair cut. I haven't got my hair cut since October. For any of you that have felt me on that one, it needs to be done. But speaking of taking care of your hair, our Bonds True Smooth Collection Okay, I have been using Arbonne hair products since March, and my hair has significantly healed since using those products. Again, the True Smooth hair product from Arbonne. Sorry, that was a weird pause. (laughs) The True Smooth hair product from Arbonne. Let's focus here, Allie. I can do this. All right. It's vegan, all natural, right? Ingredients full of pro-vitamin B to help increase our hair growth, right? And the thickness of our hair as well. And heal our hair from all the heat damage, sun damage, chlorine, salt water, you name it to make sure our hair is happy and healthy. So what is included? You get the Truth Mood Shampoo and Conditioner, again, all vegan with Pro-V vitamins to help heal and strengthen your hair. Even before, you put in that True Smooth Shampoo and Conditioner. They have this apple vinegar hairspray that before you even go into the shower, you spray a couple of times into your scalp, the apple vinegar spray, and it gets rid of the clump of products that lay on your scalp. 
That's also going to affect your hair growth, okay? So once you remove all that junk, you get a little scrub scrub before you go into the shower. Then once you step into the shower, you rinse it out, and then you apply the shampoo and conditioner. So it's definitely stepped up the game to helping my hair grow. Because I do use a lot of products in my hair, whether it's um, scrunching mousse, whether it's heat protected, whether it's hairspray, that gets all caught up in your scalp and actually prevents hair growth. So I've been using that. That's definitely been helping. Then I've been using hair mask and leave-in conditioner. So I would say maybe one or two times a week when I'm in the shower, I put in their leave-in hair mask. I leave it in for about five to 10 minutes after I do my shampoo and conditioner. I put in the leave-in hair mask. And then I leave it in five to 10 minutes and then I rinse it out. Once I leave the shower, before I do any, you know, curling iron or any other hot tools, I put in the leave-in conditioner and it helps also to protect my hair from heat damage. So if you want any of the wonderful hair care products from Arbonne, please let me know. Your hair deserves it. Okay. So now, again, like I always say in every beginning of every episode, My community, my growth mindset gang, thank you guys again so much for all of the support, okay? You guys have been amazing. So like I always say, keep tagging me in posts. You can DM me to be a guest on the podcast or come back on. If you're already a guest, you can come back. I'm totally down for part ones, twos, threes, fours, and fives. Let's do it. Also, if you want me to talk about a certain topic that I haven't spoken about yet, or you may want me to do a part two on a topic I've already spoken about, DM me, let me know, because I'm here to serve you guys. So if you want me to bring on a guest, if you want to be a guest, or you want a certain topic to be talked about, DM me at the Growth Mindset Gal on Instagram is my main hub. My Twitter is at Mindset Gal, and my TikTok is at Growth Mindset Gal. Now, for today's episode, it is is all about growth mindset in leadership. So I teamed up again with the wonderful Tracy Clark from the Total Improvement Podcast. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes just like I did last time. She actually reached out to me and said, hey, you want to do a part two? And I was like, heck yeah, because she is amazing. And me and her always have wonderful conversations with each other. And we thought this conversation that we are going to have is going to serve both my growth mindset gang and her total improvement gang. So whatever platform you're listening, this is going to be an amazing conversation. Because having a growth mindset is so important when you want to become a leader. Because again, you are the example and true leaders know that there's always room for improvement. So I'm not going to give away anything else. I'm just going to leave it at that because the conversation that you're about to hear between Tracy and I is amazing. You are totally going to feel so inspired and motivated in your leadership skills after this. I felt super inspired after the conversation with Tracy. And so did she, after we, you know, stopped the recording, we're like, wow, we need to do a part three. So, Hey, we might do a part three, who knows, but I hope you guys really, really enjoy this conversation. And here we go with growth mindset and leadership. Hey fellas, this is Tracy with the Total Improvement Podcast back for a brand new episode. And today I'm going to be having a conversation with Allie. Mm -hmm. 
Hello, everyone, for the Total Improvement Pod again. My name is Allie Brooke. I am the host of the Growth Mindset Gal podcast. Tracy and I have had discussions before all about growth mindset, and that's, again, what we're going to be focusing on today, and I'm super excited to be back. And Tracy, you want to introduce yourself to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast, people? Sure. So like I said, I'm the host of the Total Improvement Podcast, which is a show all about improving yourself, your relationships, and your lives. So we do a lot of the same things that Allie does on her show, just talking about ways to, you know, better yourself and personal growth ideas, as well as leadership development. And so today, Allie and I thought it'd be really great to kind of talk about where our two main um, (laughs) passions, if you will, kind of converge. So we're really going to be talking about how a growth mindset is beneficial for leaders and leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, and Allie already told you some of this, but on my podcast and on my Instagram, which is at (laughs) total.improvement, I talk a lot about leadership being influence which is kind of my like go-to definition for leadership. And that is 100% true, but leading people is a verb. So it inherently requires actions, which are based upon the skills that you have. So you, um, if you're in a position of leadership or you're leading, the more and more skills you have in your leadership tool belt allows you to better lead those around you through your influence. And so I know getting new skills will be a lot easier when you have a growth mindset. (laughs) I'm sure it does. (laughs) (laughs) So what is really a growth mindset, Allie? Okay. So um, again, with what I've been talking about on my podcast, literally growth mindset gal, I'm all about growth mindset and how growth mindset can literally change the way you live your life. Because again, when you're in a certain mindset, you're in a certain reality, which when I learned that like blew my mind. So there's, there's two mindsets, which I'm sure a lot of us have heard before, which is the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. Now, when you're in a fixed mindset, okay, notice that it says fixed, right? So when you're fixed somewhere, that means you stay somewhere. So someone with a fixed mindset, they believe that they came into this world with natural abilities and they're only allowed to do the skills that are natural to them. And they, if they see a skill that doesn't involve their natural abilities, like I don't want to do it. I don't want to do failure. Fixed mindset people are very afraid of failure and see that as the worst thing in the world. Like if you failed, you're done. That's it. Now with a growth mindset, okay, you believe and see fear as a lesson, okay? How can I make myself better? With growth mindset, you believe in this mindset, you come into this world a blank slate and you can literally create or do or learn any new skill that you want. But you also know that it's not gonna be easy, right? Learning new skills is not easy. It's gonna take some work. Improvement takes work, okay? And growth mindset encourages people to jump out of their comfort zone where fixed mindset people, they like to stay there, okay? Growth mindset people understand that life is full of lessons. You're a lifelong learner and you can really create the reality that you want. It's gonna be your choice. Where fixed mindset people love their comfort zone, okay? They do not enjoy failure in the slightest. And 
they think that like it is what it is. I am what I am and that's who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So they're stuck. They're fixed. Mm-hmm. You're in a growth mindset. You're growing, you're learning, and you're constantly improving. So two, two very different realities between growth and fixed mindset. Yeah, for sure. And Allie and I did a previous episode that's all about how to go from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's available on either of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say go listen to that one if you missed it somehow. Yeah, on both um, platforms, either way. It's a great yeah. conversation. I loved it. So that will definitely kind of like give you more background kind of on what she was just talking about. Um, so with growth and fixed mindsets. And definitely after that conversation with Allie, I was really thinking about, I talked about this a couple different times, Allie. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. but I was literally talking about how after we had that first conversation, I was being really intentional and like practicing growth mindset a bunch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yay, so, good. Yeah, so even just a couple months since then, I've already had like different times in my you know life where I'm like, okay, do not get stressed out. Mm-hmm. This is fine. You're okay. Put yourself down. Yep, exactly. And, My biggest go-to example is building my website for total improvement. Mm -hmm. That's, which is amazing. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Allie, I don't know if you know much about building a website. Okay. But that is hard work. (laughs) Yeah, it is hard work. I actually a little bit, cause I had to make um, a Google site, which is like a Google website for my Mm -hmm. tenure portfolio. So like, I completely understand like the formatting, the, the look that you want, the ideas, it's, it's a whole thing. I, yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) It was way more intensive than I originally thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like I probably spent, I spent a lot of hours working on this website. Mm -hmm. And so many times I was like, I wish I was rich enough to pay someone to do this for me. (laughs) But then I, I was like, okay, you can do it. Like you, I was like, Tracy, you knew when you decided to do this, that you didn't know how to build a website. So don't even act surprised right now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Relax, please. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like one of my examples and times that I was like, okay, you can learn it. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my friends who had built websites for their blogs. I was going on YouTube. I was, you know, watching tutorials. Mm -hmm. I was reading other like website blogs about it. Mm -hmm. And I just did it little by little. Mm-hmm. And now I can say I have successfully built a website. Yay! I know. And I definitely use growth mindset literally every single time I was working on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you, this is not going to be easy, mm-hmm. but you can figure it out and figure out that's, I love that story because that's the epitome of growth mindset where I also think growth mindset is like a verb because it isn't, mm-hmm. you don't just sit there and be like, okay, I have a growth mindset. Yay. <laughs> Like you have to go through everyday life being like, okay, like this is harder than I thought it was going to be, but I can do it. And you use resources around you. I can't emphasize that enough that people with a growth mindset realize I need help. If I don't know something right away, I'm not an expert on everything in life. Let me go to the internet. Let me go to my friends and figure out how to do this. Because when you have a fixed mindset, you are so low dolo. You're like, well, I'm the expert in my field. This is what I know. And that's it. And if I don't know something, then I'm just not going to do it. And again, that's where you get stuck. So for example, if you, Tracy, had a fixed mindset and you're like, try to like kind of maneuver through creating your website. And then all of a sudden you're like, you got to that point where you're like, ah, 
this is harder than I thought it was going to be. People with a fixed mindset would be like, you know what, maybe this website thing's just not for me. That's the thing. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. And then you would just throw it to the wayside. And now you would never realize that you can actually create a website. Yeah. So you, it's an everyday, you can do this. You talk yourself out or you journal or you do meditation, whatever you need to do. And it's crazy because with a, with a growth mindset, you do talk to yourself a lot because you have to, because society has groomed us to be in a fixed mindset. That, mm-hmm. That's the reality of it. And once you kind of break through that reality, you have to keep yourself in that reality because it's very, very easy to slide back into the fixed mindset and be like, oh, well, this is too hard. This is not for me. You know, maybe I should go try something else instead of maybe seeing something through. Because if you don't know, again, you don't know unless you try, but then you really don't know unless you keep going. That's the, mm-hmm. you can try everything and then, you know, stop halfway through and be like, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. It's too hard. And then you, you don't get to see the wonderful outcome or success or achievement that you were able to obtain through your hard work. And that's the thing with fixed mindset. They don't like challenges. They don't like difficulties. They like natural ability. I'm naturally good at this. So that's what I'm going to do. The minute something doesn't become natural, they throw it away. Mm-hmm. mindset we understand that yeah we might have some natural abilities and some things might come easy to us but other things will be difficult but it's going to be worth it once we figure out me push through everything because again life is a lesson and once you like get into that focus and tunnel vision of okay life is a lesson then you're going to be like oh okay well when another barrier comes up another difficulty comes up you're going to be like oh okay so this is a lesson <laughs> that I need. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How am I going to figure this out? Because two, the universe is funny is it's always going to try and teach you a lesson until you learn it. That's the, that's the fun part. It's going to keep throwing the same difficulties at you until you're like, okay, I need to get through this. That's the only way. Cause everyone's always like, oh, like, why do I, why am I always stuck in jobs? I hate, or why do I keep attracting like toxic people? Like whatever that it is mm-hmm. in life. And the reason is because the universe is throwing the same lesson at you and you're not learning it, (laughs) throwing it at you. So for example, if you were building your website and then you got to that point where, and this is not for me, I don't know what I'm doing. And you didn't learn the lesson of, okay, maybe I can reach out to people for help and like see things through. It went through another difficulty at you in some way, shape or form that you're going to be get to that point being like, oh, you know, I can't do this. It's not for me. And then it's going to keep, again, if you didn't push through again, it was going to keep throwing the same similar type of lesson at you, which is very important to go through. And you got through because of your growth mindset. So that's awesome. Thanks. And we kind of touched on something that we didn't kind of prepare to talk about, but the asking for help thing Mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying it for growth mindset it's one thing to have a growth mindset, but that doesn't mean like, oh, now I know everything I'm going to need to know. You're really just acknowledging, I know very little and I'm going to fill the gap yeah. to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Cause you're improving yourself. A lot of people hate saying, I don't know. And I find that sometimes even in like professions, such as teachers, you think I'm an expert in my field. I need to know everything. And it's like hard for teachers to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. But when you kind of in that leadership role that we're going to talk about, when you kind of show that vulnerability, of I don't know, but I want to know, I want to learn. 
people are actually going to respect you more and also then want to help you and be like, Hey, I, I actually know something about building a website. Let mm -hmm. me, I would love to help you when you actually admit that you don't know everything and then help actually comes to you. Cause you're, you're surrendering to the universe and the universe is like, Oh, you know what you surrendered and you admitted that you don't know and that you need help. Let me send help to you in some way. It's kind of like that same thing when you admit that you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yep. I used to not do that ever. <laughs> you know, be like, I'm perfect. What do you mean? I know. Be like, okay, it's definitely that's on you. <laughs> Sorry, I don't see the problem. But now in the past couple of years, I've gotten a lot better at asking for help or just, you know, saying when I made, even if it was just a silly mistake, mm -hmm. like I'm way more willing to just acknowledge it. Because again, if you don't acknowledge you made a mistake, you're not going to grow from it. Mm -hmm. And the other piece, what you were saying is it shows your vulnerability and it, people will respect you more because mm -hmm. they're like, okay, so she messed up or she didn't know, but look how well she handled that. Mm -hmm. Like, and if I'm sure your students are thinking, okay, if my teacher doesn't know, then I don't have to know everything either. Mm -hmm. like and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's okay. And that's very important in a leadership role to admit your faults or admit mistakes. Also, when you're mm -hmm. like, you know what, guys, I messed up. I should have listened to you or I should have done something different. And then people are more receptive of moving forward. Also, when you forgive yourself, you are more receptive of moving forward. If you hold on to like, wow, I really messed up. I'm a terrible human being. You stay there. You stay in that like emotion, right? And you don't move mm -hmm. past it. When you sit with yourself and you say, you know what, I made a mistake or you apologize to that person or whatever it was, then the emotion you work through and then you're able to move on. So forgiveness helps the other person move on, but also helps you move on. Or if when you make a mistake, you're kind of like saying like you forgive yourself, you can move on to the next part of whatever you need to do. Yeah, and um, with leadership, definitely we all, can probably think of a boss or a teacher or someone in our lives that was really, really great because they were willing to have like those vulnerable moments or ask for help. And then we can also think of somebody who did more harm than good mm -hmm. by being, you know, my way or the highway. I'm not wrong any at all, anytime. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a problem. Yeah. yeah. I know everything. If you have a problem, it's your problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. And oh, um, that hurts. Oh. That's that. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you were saying something about this alley in our pre-recording conversation, kind of about the difference between a boss and a leader with growth and fixed mindset. So, do you want to talk about that now? Sure. Yeah. And I, I was talking to you, Tracy, about, you know, where did I get this idea from? Mm -hmm. And people probably have seen this meme, you know, on the internet somewhere where it's the difference between a leader and a boss. They're two very different things and don't, don't get it twisted because they're not the same thing is a boss would be, let's say the workers are pulling, you know, a wagon or whatever. The boss is sitting on that wagon, telling them to go faster, right? Just giving orders, work harder, go faster. But with the leader, they're pulling the same car, but the leader is pulling it with their workers saying, all right, guys, we can do this. That's the difference where the boss is very like the fixed mindset. I'm just going to give you orders. I don't care if you like it or not. I know best. And that's it. Where a leader, right, is, has natural, we could say natural leadership qualities. Not everyone's mm -hmm. a leader. And again, that's totally fine as well. But 
And they use their natural, you know, leadership, you know, or influential qualities to help others as well. Lead them towards greatness. That's why you're a leader. You're leading someone towards greatness. When you're a boss, right, you're at your, the greatness, right? Because you're either, you know, the boss of a company, principal of a school, you know, whatever the boss, you know, section is. And then you made it to the top. But then again, now you're stuck there. And then it becomes that fixed mindset of, okay, well, I made it all the way here because I know everything, which you might've worked really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. But do you care about other people's success or did you only care about your own? Because if you want your business to thrive, if you want your school to thrive, right? If you want your organization to thrive, it's the teamwork of you and your employees or your volunteers, like whatever that it is. And the minute you don't show that like you're a person and you're just the boss, you put a barrier up, right? The minute you put a barrier up, that's all your workers see you as. And when it's my way or the highway, you don't show vulnerability. When you don't take into consideration what other people have to say about the organization, the school, the business, that's when you lose your workers. Mm -hmm. How many people quit their job because of their boss? That's like one of the main reasons mm-hmm. people quit their jobs is because it's a poor work environment and they have a terrible boss. Okay, who creates the work environment? The boss, okay? So when you create a terrible work environment where it's your way or the highway, right? And I know you need to assert, you know, authority, but there's right. a fine line different. authority and then authoritative where you're kind of, you know, my way or the highway. And people get very discouraged when they're not seen or when they're not heard. So if you have a boss with a fixed mindset, that's when you're going to feel like, you know, should I leave this job? You know, it's good pay or whatever, but I, I can't get past my boss. They're, you know, nasty. They're not talking to anyone. They just think they're the best and they're just barking out orders and don't care about their workers. That's the, at the end of the day. We're a leader takes into consideration and understands they have a growth mindset. They know they're not perfect. Number one, they ask for help or feedback from their workers. So for example, for teachers, we're like the quote unquote leaders or bosses or whatever of the classroom. So it's okay. What type of teacher are you going to be the boss or the leader? And, you know, you can remember teachers from your past that you didn't like, but why didn't you like them? Was it because they're unapproachable? Was it because they're unrelatable? You felt like you couldn't talk to them, right? Um, it was their way or the highway. Like, this is my classroom. This is the way it's going to go. If you don't like it, you're going to fail. Like that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Where Or now think of the teachers you did like, right? They were approachable relatable, right? You felt safe in their classroom and they would, you know, it would be fun when they would be like, all right, guys, I messed up. Let's try something else. And you're like, oh, like, you know, he or she like messed up. Like that's so like, I don't have to be perfect either. And a lot of teachers also who are leaders, they ask for feedback from their students. So what I started to do, especially in teaching during a year of pandemic where no one knew (laughs) what was going on, which way was up, is like the middle of the year, I asked my students, okay, what's been working? What has not been working for you guys? And they were kind of a little like shocked that I was asking them, oh, you want our insight? Because I was like, okay, guys, do we like, um, 
I, there was like so many different platforms that we used. And I was like, do you like this platform better or this one? And they told me, no, we like this one. So you should use this one more in your lessons. I was like, okay, do we like discussion or do we like videos more? They actually said, we like discussion more. So less videos, more discussion. I was like, okay, that works for me. And then I was like, do we want more individual work or do we want more group work? They said group work, right? So I implemented more group work in my lesson. And then they were more responsive in the lesson understood the content better and got higher scores on their tests. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's how that, but that's how that happens. You need, when you're in a leadership role, you don't, it's not about your success. It's about the, you know, for me, it's about the classroom, the student's success. That's what it's mm -hmm. about. It's not about my success. Then, you know, if you're running a business, it's, not about your success it's about your company's right your employees success again when you're running like a school if you're a principal it's not about your success it's about the school as a whole's success that's what it's about the team the collaborations success and well, that is growth mindset essentially yeah i was i was gonna say even with our um you know respective podcasts mm -hmm. i can say confidently you're not in the podcast game for you you're mm -hmm. in it to help all the people who you don't even know who are out there listening because you want to help them. Mm -hmm. So like, that's another example and way to think about it. You know, with being a podcast host or whatever, like I don't, I hear myself talk plenty enough in my daily mm -hmm. life, yep, but I know there's people out there who are benefiting from the show. Mm -hmm. So that's what I care about. I care about the people who are listening mm -hmm. and how they're improving based off just me being the mediator between the information and them essentially. Right. Exactly. And I think leadership is also, it's a service, right? That's the service oh. you're providing for others is being a good leader because then people are able to see, okay, that's what a good leader is. Number one. And also too, when you're a good leader, you give someone an opportunity to have like a support when you have a good leader, like maybe they don't have good leadership, you know, in their personal life, but if you have a good leadership, you know, at school, at work in organizations in clubs, whatever that it is, you have then that support system. So as a really good leader, you provide a very strong support system for who, whatever group you are in charge of. And I think that's very important because sometimes when people are in that leadership role, they start off with good intentions. But then again, like I said, if you don't practice growth mindset, you get sucked back in to the fixed mindset. And that's when you kind of become like the boss where it's like, all right, I made it here. And I, you know, wanted to be successful, but you know, I'm going to delegate work to other people, which again, is fine. That's what you do. You shouldn't be doing everything, but then you, you close and you create that barrier of my way or the highway. I want you to do this, this, and this. Oh, there's something wrong with the company. That's your problem. Oh, you don't like working here. Then you can leave. Right. It's that kind of, you know, you don't like it here. You can leave rather than being like, oh, like self-reflect. Right. Why do you like it here? How can I make this experience better for my employees, you know, or my volunteers, my students, whatever you're in charge of? If people, if a collective are saying, I don't like it here, something needs to change, this is where you can make that decision of fixed and growth mindset. Fixed mindset, you can leave. You don't like it, you can leave. Growth mindset, okay, I'm open to hearing your suggestions. What, how could I make this experience better for you? And that's mm -hmm. a very important moment as a leader where you got, that's your choice of what kind of mindset, what kind of reality you're going to step into when people, you know, start, you know, sharing their thoughts about how they're feeling. Because 
both a leader and a boss can be peachy keen if everything's great, right? If the business mm -hmm. is going well, you know, if the group is being is successful, if the lesson is going well as a teacher, everything's peachy keen, everything's great. But then once things start getting difficult, then the true mentality will show, are you a boss or are you a leader? Because then if you don't ask for feedback, then it's my way or the highway. And, you know, but if you're a leader, you'll be like, okay, well, clearly I'm doing something wrong, you know, maybe not intentionally, but I'm doing something wrong because the people that I'm in charge of are not happy. So then how can I help with making them feel happier in the environment that I've created? Yeah, that that's a lot of really good stuff there. I loved pretty much everything that you said. I think that's really awesome. Um, and I definitely think, I mean, this is one reason I'm so into the growth mindset and, mm -hmm. you know, all the content that you're making on your Instagram and the podcast and everything, because a hundred percent, if you're going to be someone who's leading other people, if you want to be successful with that, you have to have a growth mindset there. Like there's just no two ways about it. No. Yeah. There's no like way. in the discussion. That's why we're talking about how to implement it into your leadership. And one of the biggest ways definitely is to kind of bring it back to learning new things and acquiring new skills is you have to, you know, if you're a leader, you kind of have to have a lot of different um, skills or a lot of skills will be required of you that you might not necessarily have mm -hmm. when you start out in your leadership journey. And so one way um, I think, you know, one thing you need to be able to do in leadership is being able to learn from your failures. And that's something you, I think, touched on. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you want to say about that? Or do you have any personal examples of something you've done? Um, yeah. So for example, I always say that leaders, like you are the example. So if mm -hmm. you want your group company school to look a certain way, you show the example, you are the example. So if you want your company to have a growth mindset, you need to show how do you have a growth mindset, right? So it's very important as a leader, you're going to be wearing so many hats. Let me tell you, there are so many hats that you need to wear as a leader. But again, you're the leader. Like you, it's kind of like, you know, you signed up for it. <laughs> you know? so, so when, you know, sometimes when leaders, it's okay to get overwhelmed, but then you have to remind yourself, well, you know, like I, I signed up for this. Like I signed up to be in charge of whatever that it is. And you have to understand that you can be naturally good at being a leader and influencing others and encouraging others and inspiring others, but it doesn't stop there because you need to show people the way of how to be a good leader, because then you're teaching other people then how to be also a good leader. So then they can go create whatever they need to do and live their own life. So you're a lifelong learner as a leader, because people are looking to you to see how does this life work, right? A leader in anything, how does this experience work? So if you want your workers, your students, employees, volunteers, if you want anyone who's following you to be a certain way, you need to show them how to be that way, right? If you mm -hmm. want your workers to learn from their mistakes, you need to show them how do you learn from your mistakes? When you want your workers to learn you know, new skills, you need to show them as a leader, how do I learn new skills? And I think it's very important as a leader in any realm 
to have professional development, but be involved in the professional development, be involved in it. Because there's plenty of times I know as teachers, not really in my school, but just hearing from other teachers in other schools that they have professional developments, but they don't see their leaders going through that professional development. It's just the teachers. So then how come the leaders are not involved in the professional development process? Yeah, that doesn't, in my opinion, that doesn't look too good. Right. It's like, okay, so we need to improve, but you don't. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. But when there were, with my school, there was a couple of professional developments where, you know, our principals and assistant principals were with us as well. And we actually sat in circles and we had conversations and things like, and you saw them as people rather than your superior. Right. When you break that barrier of, you know, you still have the respect, the respect is still there. That's important. It's okay to break the barrier of superior and, you know, um, influencer, if you will. It's okay to break that barrier. The respect is still there. But when you see them sitting down, like at your level and talking with you and seeing them as people, and they see you as a person rather than just the worker, then all of a sudden, oh, you're more open to things and having open conversations about things that can improve because no place at any time is absolutely perfect. There's always room for improvement, always. And so, and I think it's important, you know, as a teacher too, to have conversations with students, like have your own little professional development between teachers and students and just sit there, mm -hmm. have conversations. So instead of seeing your students as just your students, you see them as people and they see you not just as your teacher, but as a person. So many students have told me, I love seeing you when you're a person, right? And they see that teachers are people rather than just, here's your classwork, here's your homework, here's your grade, have a great weekend. When teachers are actually, you know, empathize and care about students' lives, right? That's building rapport, right? Then they are more excited for class. They wanna put in more effort, things like that. That's the same thing in the workplace where when the boss is, you know, caring and empathizes with what your life is as a person beyond the company, then you are more motivated to go to work and you're happy to be there. So as a leader, if you want things to run a certain way, you need to set the caliber, set the bar for, and then people will follow and be a person with your staff. That is so important to just be a human being, no matter what. And the thing is, I understand where that mentality of I'm the boss and you know, don't break the barrier comes from but because that was what society was, but society mm -hmm. is very different now. And the, our like millennial Gen Z, you know, generations where we can see inside celebrities lives because of the internet and see them as people, right? There's no such thing as like this barrier anymore. People just want respect and to be seen and heard. So just because, you know, um, you're a superior, doesn't make you not a person anymore. And I think, you know, throughout our society, that's kind of what it was. It's just like, you know, you go to work, you listen to your boss, you don't think for yourself, and then you just go home. But we're starting to realize that's not really a way to live life. That's not a way to lead people and things like that. If you think about leaders throughout history, right? It's the leaders that were like with their people right? With, you know, if they're a leader in a war, they're with their soldiers, okay? If you, you know, look at different leaders throughout history, you know, such as like, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., one of the top, you know, leaders of the time, he did the marches with his people, mm -hmm. right? He was there with his people, okay? I always talk about how General George Washington, because I teach social studies, so that's I was going to say her social studies teacher <laughs> is showing. 
this is what's happening. But, you know, we talk about General George Washington and they became our first president, right? Because he was the commander in chief of the continental troops during the American Revolution and he fought with his men, right? He wasn't just, you know, making strategies from a tent and telling the soldiers, okay, now figure it out and go do it. What I said, he was fighting with his men and people saw him as a human being. Soldiers weren't gonna get paid after the war. He said, here, take my pension from being a commander, right? Take my pension and give it to the soldiers. I don't need the money, right? That's showing vulnerability. That's showing him as a person. So when it came time for our country to decide who's gonna be our first president, right? He was unanimously voted in because we're like, who else would be our first president? George Washington, because he showed his crucial leadership roles during the American Revolution, where we were a ragtag army that had no idea what we were doing at all, <laughs> at all, but he sought us through and he fought with his soldiers. That's what makes a leader. You're showing people how to get to their success. George Washington showing people how to fight, right? Giving people, this is why you're gonna fight and you're gonna keep going. Martin Luther King Jr showing his people this is how we can protest and make a difference and make changes in our society by doing this right so that's what's also very important as a leader you're showing people the way now when it gets to being a boss right either my way or the highway there's plenty of also <laughs> <laughs> historical leaders if you will that were my way or the highway they're also known as dictators right that is <laughs> way that's see how you can see kind of the difference okay leadership dictators right that's that's a big polar thing of growth mindset fixed mindset in a leadership role where mm -hmm. dictators that's what it is my way or the highway you don't like it leave or if you don't like and you protest you disappear right that's <laughs> that that's how it is but that, that's like you know very historical polarized version mm -hmm. of what we're talking about but at the end of the day, that's kind of how it is, even in regular everyday workspaces. Like Just not on such a large scale, but I mean, that's a great example. Um, I know for me in the learning from failures, obviously our whole lives, you know, we see everything kind of as a success or a failure, just depending on what's going on. Like, oh, you didn't get an A, you failed, you didn't. <laughs> make this team you failed and so i mean that's one of the reasons it is so prevalent you know the idea of being afraid of failure and kind of with growth mindset a huge part of that you know is like you were saying life is a lesson and seeing mistakes or fails is an opportunity to learn and in my own personal leadership journey and experiences when i was 14 years old, so a while ago now, mm -hmm. um, but I was the second in charge in this thing called Police Explorers, mm -hmm. which is like a police training program. Um, and through like 13 through 21 years old, mm -hmm. and it's like a year round thing. And you have the advising staff, which is like police officers or community members, but then all the explorers, like there's a, a youth leadership Mm -hmm. or youth staff as well, which is, you know, the captain, lieutenant, sergeants, all that stuff. And so I was the lieutenant in this, it's, they're called um, a post. Mm -hmm. So in this leader or in this explorer's post, I was the lieutenant. And um, definitely at this time, I pretty much had like a fixed mindset 
I didn't know it at the time. I didn't have this terminology and I had a fixed mindset. And these two girls came to me and I will say, I don't think they did it in the best way or with good intentions, (laughs) Um, but they basically called me out and I was really, really upset about it because I was like, you know, talking to my dad that night after, you know, he picked me up. And I was like, no one, no one appreciates all the hard work I'm doing, all the planning that I'm doing. I was like, this post is so much better than it was a year ago. We're way more organized, like all this stuff. And my dad was like, okay, you can quit because I'd been in it a year. And that was the deal when I signed up because I always quit things (laughs) when I was young. I just was not good at staying with it. I would just quit it. Yeah. Girl Scouts, I was in it for, I think, a week. Yeah. Quit. It's <laughs> like, not for me. Oh, yeah, so um, not for me. Mm-hmm. There it is. I really just wanted to be a Cub Scout, but that's a different, that's <laughs> different a, story. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> um, and my dad was like, fine, you can quit because, you know, you were in it. You kept mm-hmm. up your end of the deal. So I'm going to keep up my end of the deal and tell you, you can if you want to. But he said, I don't think that's what you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think you actually want to be better and be the best lieutenant and leader and eventually maybe one day captain that has ever been part of this program. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I would love to be the best. Sounds great to me, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. And so my dad, bless this man. He is the best. Mm -hmm. He stayed up with me pretty much all night long, like for hours after we got home. And we came up with this thing called the total improvement or Tracy's improvement plan, Mm -hmm. which later became total improvement. So that's kind of where my podcast comes from. It's Uh the whole, you know, my whole legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really when I started shifting to growth mindset. And I went to the advising staff of the police explorers post. Mm -hmm. And I basically asked them to all stay late after a meeting. And I was like, I have this thing I want to present to you guys. So I went through my, you know, my sob story from a few meetings back. Mm-hmm. and told them, you know, about me and my dad's conversation. And I printed out, I printed out tip Tracy's improvement plan for each of them. And I was like, and here's what I want to do. And I need your guys's help because I can't do this on my own. And so I want you guys to be my mentors and here's what I want to accomplish. And I need you guys to fill out these surveys about my leadership. Ooh. And they like, they didn't slow clap, but they like, I mean, they, they slow clapped. Like, girl came here to tell her story. Yes. And so first of all, they were all very impressed with me at 14 years old. Um, you just don't I have would. very many kids asking to help you with their leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, you want help with what? <laughs> yeah. And so I had them and this was like, this took, I mean, this took some courage because I'm asking literally police officers who have observed me for the last, you know, four or five months to write down on paper what I'm not good at. Ooh, that's so scary, isn't it? <laughs> it was, it was. And I remember getting these surveys back and I was like, okay. I was like, Tracy, no matter what they say you're good at or bad at, I was like, they believe in me. Otherwise they would not have signed on to help me at all. And you're going to be fine. And you're just going to be the best. And I just like kept my eye on the goal, which was just being the best, but being my best self. Right. That's you know, too. yeah. And best. so, right. Um, and if I happen to be the best, well then, good job. <laughs> that is a fast clap. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. some of the things they like, I still you could probably verbatim tell you some of the exact things they said, 
Um, but one of the things was like, my, my great strengths were like planning and organization and all those non-people involved skills. Right, the behind the scenes. The behind the scenes, that is my, to this day, that is my strong suit. <laughs> and then some of the other things, you know, were like encourage, like genuine encouragement and um, like the people skills. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I set up a very intensive plan. I got so many different resources, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. I started, podcasts weren't really as big of a thing back then, mm -hmm. but like TED Talks, yes. books, mm -hmm. um, you know, just little YouTube videos. And that was really my first like switch from fixed to growth. Mm -hmm. And so what could have been this huge failure on my part and in part of my leadership, mm -hmm. I was able to twist around using growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't have contact with these girls um, anymore mm -hmm. just because, I mean, it was so long ago and we were not friends. <laughs> so <laughs> we were not friends. <laughs> put it bluntly, we were not friends, but like part of me just wants to like write them a card and be like you did the best thing that anyone thank has so ever much. done for me <laughs> thank you so much because I did a whole episode um on my podcast talking about my leadership journey and if it had not been for these two girls in that moment and I have to give them credit because I know it had to be scary coming to talk to me mm -hmm. like I said I don't think it was handled the right way but I know they were probably scared mm -hmm. um they started me on this journey that has literally changed everything I've ever done after that night. Mm -hmm. So like, that's crazy to think about how I took that bad situation and those mistakes I was making. And, you know, it's literally got me this podcast. Mm -hmm. I wrote a thesis on it in my under, for my undergrad. Well, that's really cool. Look at like, you. <laughs> Like when I say it's changed everything, I am not joking. It literally has changed everything. Mm -hmm. So that's my biggest example of, you know, pivoting from a failure or something that wasn't going well and using growth mindset to really turn it around and learn from it. Mm -hmm. Because not that I'm a success, you know, some huge success and I'm not done with my leadership journey by any means, mm -hmm. but like you have to start somewhere. And that's where I started basically. Yeah. And I let Tracy, that story, I was just like, I was like, wow, this, she's so much cooler than me when I was 14. I would have never <laughs> done that at 14. I would have been too, first of all, too scared to go to my spirits and be like, okay, can you like, tell me like what I'm good and bad at now? Um, so I just want to like commend you for just like, even taking that step to be like, Hey, like, this is how I want to improve myself to your superiors. Can you help me with this? And that's why I'm like, sure, like, they were so surprised. They're like, Oh, okay. Like, sure. Of course. And I think what's important too, is that self-advocacy that is such a huge proponent of a growth mindset you setting boundaries for yourself and then also telling people like hey the, the asking for help that's how, mm -hmm. with a growth mindset that's how you do self-advocacy is asking for help because you realize you don't know everything and you want to improve and then the um setting boundaries of like this doesn't work for you or whatever that it is and when you were telling me this story the minute you told me you know these two girls came up to me and told me and i was like ooh. I know why they told you that. Like, I was like listening. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell her. <laughs> that was the universe. That was the universe being like, all right, she's not going to get it unless these two girls tell her to her face. This is, you know, whatever you need to improve on, whatever they were upset about. That was the universe like telling you like, hey, 
something needs to change. That was your lesson. That was the test. Mm -hmm. That was the lesson. So, and then you pivoted because you could have, like you said, fixed mindset people. If some, if I was a young leader and then like two girls came up to me and was like, you know, you're trash, whatever, like it is like in a nutshell, like you're trash or whatever that it was. Cause that's just how pe young people, I assume just talk these days. And yeah. then I would have quit. I would have been like, well, apparently I'm not good at this. If two people literally went out of their way to come up to me and tell me how bad I'm doing, I want to quit. Like I'm done. I'm done here. And the fact that you were able to make the decision of, okay, with obviously help of your dad, who's amazing. That's, that's why it's very important to have really good mentors and support yes. systems in your life is for this reason. And for you guys to be able to pivot together, make the decision of, okay, here's my improvement plan rather than just quitting is like literally the name of the game. That's a perfect example of, I can't always control what happens in my life. Like you couldn't control those two girls coming up to you and telling you those things, but you did control how you reacted to those two girls telling you whatever they said to you. Because mm -hmm. you could have quit or you could have made your improvement plan and you chose to make the improvement plan with your dad. And it's crazy that you guys, it's amazing that you guys did that because most adults don't make an improvement plan. <laughs> you know, even <laughs> in their adulthood, they're like, oh, I'm bad at this. Okay, well then I'm done. And I think that's a really good idea, especially for, um, you know, like our kind of age group, you know, our, our 20 somethings, because that's a very developmental part of our adulthood. You know how psychologists say like the first five years of your life is the developmental period of like languages and mm -hmm. learning behaviors and all that stuff. I started reading the, what is it, the, the defining decades for your 20 somethings and the author, she made such a good point that your 20 somethings is the de developmental part of your adulthood. That's when you start to figure out what on earth you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Like who you're going to be, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be with? All of those things. And that's why I love that we're doing these types of podcasts in our twenties, because we're starting to figure out <laughs> how things are supposed to work in this life and what works and what doesn't work. And I really hope people like listen to that and be like, you know, maybe I should make a, an improvement, you know, plan for myself. If you're sitting here not satisfied with your life, why not after this podcast episode, take out a piece of paper, your journal and write an improvement plan. Like, well, okay, what is not working for you right now? And how can you improve whatever it's not working for you to make it better? Because sometimes in life, you're going to feel very, very stuck. Right. And I think a lot of our 20 somethings, a lot of us millennials, Gen Z's are feeling like, Oh my, I'm becoming an adult in such a very like chaotic time period. Mm -hmm. And I think we feel very anxious, very stuck, don't know what to do next because like our parents, our age were like married with kids and had full-time jobs. <laughs> and like our generation is like, I have so much student debt. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know like what to do next. And so I think a lot of us are like, okay, what's the next step? Like, what am I supposed to do? How can I make this better? And I think a lot of the 20 somethings are like waiting for someone or something to make it better rather than improving our mm -hmm. own self. So that's the thing with a fixed mindset. You're going to be waiting for someone or something to make you happy or make you grow as a person, whatever that it is. So people with fixed mindsets, we're like, okay, once I get the perfect job, I'm going to be happy. Right. Then, you know, or once I find my soulmate, then I'm going to be happy. Once I buy a house, then I'm going to be happy. Like that, that's what you keep telling yourself rather than being like, okay, here's my situation right now. How can I make myself happy 
with the current situation that I'm in. And that's where you make that pivot, right? That's mm-hmm. where you make the choice of, okay, well, for example, let's say, and I don't know about the weather by you, but New York has been cloudy for like the whole week. And I'm like, um, excuse me, I need to go outside and tan. What's the deal? I want summer. I want to go to the beach. But, you know, most people, when it's like cloudy out, they're like, I'm just going to sit around and like, you know, maybe just go on social media, watch Netflix, whatever that it is, and then just be bored. And so, or you can make the decision of, okay, well, it's a cloudy day. I'm probably going to be mostly inside. Maybe I can catch up reading on my favorite book. Maybe I can find a new hobby that I want to do. Or maybe if I have some work to do, maybe get some work done, things like that, like be productive with the day. It comes like that kind of pivot of a decision is as small as that. Oh, it's cloudy out. Okay. Do I have the choice of just be, you know, maybe lazy and unproductive and, but, but, but like feel bored and bad about it, or can I be productive and get some things done now? Granted, there are some days where go watch Netflix, relax, have a day for yourself, but you're happy that you chose that. You're like, yeah, I'm so glad I'm sitting here just relaxing, but you know, the difference of, wow, I don't yeah. know what to do with my day today. Cause it's cloudy out. So I'm just going to like, kind of just lay on the couch and do, you know, the different feeling. So when you're in a situation like you brought up, it's very important to make that pivot and to kind of build off what you said. My experience was a little bit more down the line because I'm not going to lie that throughout my you know, school career and everything, I was always very book smart. So school and work came very easy to me. I also played sports. So I had like that aspect too of, you know, being like a scholar athlete and all those things. So it hasn't been until my like quote unquote adulthood where I started experiencing like true like failures from time to time so that's when I had to start learning okay like how do I deal with this so I think it was my second year teaching and it was like October so it was like in the beginning of the school year and it was a Monday (laughs) and so it was really Monday like third period so it's still like morning time and I was giving one of my seventh grade classes new seats so that's chaotic to begin with okay find a new seat whatever that it is in the midst of that chaos my principal decides to do an observation. So she just walked in. Like, it was like an informal observation. I wasn't ready for her to come in that day. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) In my head, I was like, hi, hi, welcome. And this class, I love them to death, but you know, they were kind of all over the place and I love them for it. They had like very personalities, they're fun, they're loud, but, and I love them for that. But you know, in the orderly conduct of things, that's not the way a classroom should look when you walk into a classroom, whatever. So she comes in, she was sitting down. I also had a co-teacher. So she came in um, a little bit uh, late. It was her first year teaching. So she was a little nervous when she sees the principal (laughs) sitting there. She, oh, oh, and she was late. (laughs) And then um, I was also a little nervous because it's like the first observation of the year. Also a couple of kids came in late but they're like the kids that always came in late. So I, you know, I was like, just, you know, have a seat or whatever. I didn't want to like yell at them in front of the class or whatever, you know, scold them or whatever, because the principal Mm -hmm. was there. And then usually Monday lessons are introductory. So here's some vocabulary. This is what we're going to be learning this week. So it's a lot of like teacher talking kind of sort of deal. I give them all the background information. Then the rest of the week is when you do the skills group work, whatever you got to do. And so we were going over vocabulary. There's a lot of discussion going on. I was then explaining to them what their project is going to be. They're learning the age of exploration. We're going to explore the school and then decide what place in the school that we're going to go to. Because that's how like explorers would say to the kings and queens, hey, we should go explore this country because it has all these resources, whatever that it is. So that's that's what I was trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was like the greatest lesson in the entire world, but you know, it did what it had to do. 
And so then after you have an observation, then you have a post-observation meeting. So I go down and it was like seventh period the next day. And I was sitting in the main office, I get called in and I had a discussion with my principal. She was not, and now granted, most of my observations of this point were like very good. Mm-hmm. So she, I sit down and she was like, how do they always ask you, how do you think the lesson went? And I was like, I thought it was okay. I mean, it was introductory. I did most of the talking, you know, it was Monday. I was giving them new seats. So it was a little chaotic at first. It wasn't like the typical, okay, get your stuff, sit down. Here's the do now. It was a little bit more chaotic than usual, but I think the goal of the lesson, I, you know, we got it done. Mm-hmm. And she did not agree <laughs> with me. <laughs> Um, she thought, you know, I took so much time, you know, with going over vocabulary, um, students, uh, were asking the wrong questions. I'm like, well, I can't control how students ask questions, but okay. Um, but she was just going off about what she didn't like about the lesson. And when you get rated as a teacher, you, you have, um, insufficient developing, then, um, efficient or effective and then highly effective. That's like the rating. And for my whole career at the school so far, I've either been highly affected or effective. So I get the, um, she hands me the review and I had some effective, but I had some developing. I never got developing before. And I was like, (laughs) developing? That's like a two, on a one through four scale, that's a two. And I was like, "A a developing. And then she said like, how I would get the class's attention, we did like a clapping thing. You know how old teachers used to do. And it'd be fun, we were laughing about it. She said that took too much time. Um, she said that me explaining the um, content that the project they were going to be doing, how are the kids going to know, like what resources were good for like going to the different rooms, like, you know, the cafeteria, the main office, whatever that it was. And I told her, I was like, well, that's the whole point. I want them to think, why would it be good to explore the cafeteria for our classroom? Why would it be good to explore the main office, the library, the cafeteria, the gym? What like resources and information could those rooms give to our classroom? Because that's what explorers would do, whatever. Mm-hmm. She didn't like that answer. <laughs> um, uh, she thought, you know, like it wasn't a very like structured lesson of like concrete, like, oh, like maybe I should have gave them like a reading of the examples of why those rooms would be um, good for, you you know, exploration, whatever. Fine. Okay. That's feedback, whatever. Um, but the thing was, I never, she's come into my classrooms before and she's always said, I done a good job. This is the first time she said I didn't do a good job. So I'm like, "Ah, what? (laughs) I didn't do a good job. Okay. And I literally, I kid you not after that went into my classroom, it was still seventh period. I still have one more class to teach after that. And I had to call my boyfriend and I was hysterically at work, hysterically crying because I didn't get a, it was my first not good review. Like it wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't good review as a teacher. I still have a job. (laughs) Yeah, like I still have a job and everything. I'm like, I'm not getting fired. But that was like the perfectionist teacher, people pleasing. I want to always be perfect when you come into my classroom. And it was the first time I got developing, hysterically crying. I literally had to wipe off my tears and then have my next class come in for eighth period. And my kids knew something was off too. They were looking at me and they're like, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, damn, I'm good. I'm totally fine. Like literally like, I didn't just cry for 30 minutes. It's fine. What's up, guys? I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. And the thing was too, it was on the Friday before um, Veterans Weekend. So we had like a three-day weekend. And I was actually going to Nashville with a couple of my friends from work. So it like really stunk that like I got that review and then I was about to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was on, on the airplane. I was sitting next to my really good friend, Angelina, who, wor- who worked with me. 
and I was sitting with her and I was telling her, I was like, you know, really like really, you know, PO'd about the review and like, this woman just ruined my vacation. You know, I thought the lesson was okay, but she was telling me like all like the, the rawr, like very upset about the failure, if you will. And Angelina, she's very calm. She's in a growth mindset as well. And she was like, she's like, okay, but now how can you then just adjust your lesson? So the next time she comes in, she likes what she sees. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> that's all that was. She was like, okay, well, I get like, not all of her feedback was great feedback, but like some of the feedback she did give you was things that, you know, would be good if you did change. And, you know, uh, my principal was also like, upset that I didn't like scold the three students that came in late or like did not even school but didn't like acknowledge them like they just walked in and sat down but for me like I didn't want to even say anything in front of them you know I don't want to the principals in the room yeah. but you know my Angelina was like well maybe you know you should have been like you know guys it's really inappropriate that you're coming in late I'll talk to you after class like that's something you should do and I was like oh and then maybe like the claps did take too long and maybe like it should have been like a little bit more structured and and things like she was just telling me like okay maybe some of her feedback wasn't terrible and you're just taking it very personally <laughs> which is obviously fine to take it personally but like okay let's break down let's get through the per the personally aspect of it and be like okay what can I actually fix and then we had that conversation of what can I actually fix so the next time she comes in she's happy with what she sees. Because also too, principals give you um, developing also too, to, to show growth, because they want you to show growth in your rubric throughout the school year, which also makes sense. She also said that too, she's like, you know what, maybe she also gave you a developing here and there because you've always been effective and highly effective. That's not showing growth. And you know, here she wants you to show growth. And I was like, oh okay so i'm not a terrible teacher and should quit my job okay god because that's what i'm thinking seventh period crying on the phone with my boyfriend being like i'm terrible i should just quit why am i here like all all the things like i'm not i don't know what i'm doing like that whole like panic freak out of failure um so and i learned that again observation they're observations they're not gonna fire you they're gonna want to help you then if you get a bad observation they're going to help you then improve for the next observation. So on that airplane ride was where, with the help of a friend, pivoted and been like, okay, let me not make this ruin now my Nashville vacation because I love country music and I'm in the country capital and I want to hear Dolly Parton sing nine to five and not be upset. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want. And so, so instead of being a little bit, a little bit more. You're like, yeah, they just want to use me to teach and they're not even going to respect me. This is what Dolly's singing about. What Dolly was singing about her whole message. So yeah, that, that's the moment where I pivoted and I started working on growth minds to be like, okay, it's okay to not get a perfect score on your observation. And I'm not going to let her feedback then derail my vacation. And then I'm with my friend, Angelina, we had a great time in Nashville and you know then i came back to work after it and i was like okay and i talked to my co-teacher about it too because she had the same feedback um and they were like okay how can we as the teachers of the class fix it how can we improve from you know because i was only year two and she was year one so we're very we're still very very mm -hmm. young as teachers so we still had a lot of way to it's not like you know i've been teaching for 20 years and then you know she's been teaching for 15 and like we're screwing up here you know we're still very new to the game and so then the next, guess this, the next observation she came in, we worked on the things she wanted us to, and we all got effective and highly effective the next time she came in because we improved on the things she wanted us to improve on. 
Mm -hmm. There you go. And you just mentioned this, but back in my, you know, Tracy's improvement plan story, I mean, I was 14 years old, right? So no one's expecting me to be the end all be all of leadership, Mm -hmm. just like as a year two teacher. I mean, objectively, you know, there's just no way that this is the peak of my teaching. Yeah. And so I would say that if you are, you know, out there listening to this and you are in a new role at a job or you're in a new position or you're just kind of starting your leadership journey or whatever it is, when you're new in the, whatever it is you're doing, you should one, expect feedback. Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so again, should not have been a surprise to you or me, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) but that doesn't mean it's easier to, you know, hear and deal with. And I was just going to go back to and talk about with, um, you know, Tracy's improvement plan. There were three things that I think were really key in that. And I think those would be good takeaways for anyone listening who wants to improve and have personal growth. Um, The first part was just the planning of it, like what I did with my dad and then getting my advisors on board as my mentors and kind of setting the stage, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, The second big part of that was the initial feedback that I talked about with the surveys and them kind of ranking me on different things and saying what I was good at already and saying what I needed to work on. Then the second part of feedback is I met with them for three months. I met with them once a week, my mentor team. Mm -hmm. Then for the next, you know, uh, three years, I met with them twice a month and every single meeting was just continual feedback based off, you know, good and bad, right? You need both, you need both components. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just constantly getting feedback from them. So I could evaluate how I was doing and where else I needed to focus. And then the third thing was practice because most of those things that I was, you know, struggling with, they were skills. Mm -hmm. And that's what I said in the very beginning of this episode, leadership is just using different skills to influence those around you. Mm -hmm. And so one thing like, um, oh, this was a, this was a big one. Um, Tone of voice. (laughs) Yeah. Tone tone is, ah, it's everything. It really is. That was like one of the big, like that was the first thing I worked on because they were like, yeah, you need to work on this. And I was like, tone and body language. Like when you're a leader, your tone of your voice and your body language say so much more than the actual words coming out of your mouth. And that's pretty much what they told me. Um, And they were like, sometimes they were like, what you're saying is really good, but no one's hearing it because all they're hearing is like, (laughs) it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's always like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I tell you like tone of voice, that might not like automatically calculate in your mind as a skill or something you can practice. It is. But it is. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so much of learning new skills and just learning new things is just making the choice to do so and being active in the moments in which you can employ what you've learned, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like every meeting, this was the very first skill that I focused on. I only, oh, and I only did one skill at a time. Mm -hmm. I knew if I try to do five things different, we're going to crash and burn. Baby steps. It's always baby steps with improvement. And so exactly. And so I remember I, I would be literally walking into this meeting, like, self-talking and I'm like okay you can say things that might because like I wasn't like not to be I was in charge but like I was 
in charge of the meetings running effectively. Mm-hmm. Like we had like, um, like a formal meeting portion where it's like, okay, attendance, here's what we're doing, reading the bylaws mm-hmm. or the standard operating procedures, um, like the formal meeting part. And then there was the hands-on, like, here's our lesson and now we're going to go practice it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it does take some amount of whatever authority yeah discipline yeah. discipline to get through all of that so I'm like okay you can you can um and and I gave a lot of feedback during the meetings mm-hmm. as well to when we we're practicing and stuff but I'm like you can say what needs to be said and you can say it in a good way and you will I would literally be walking in like you will have an amazing tone of voice in this meeting mm-hmm. you and will just, communicate effectively <laughs> yeah and it's so much I think of what people miss with personal growth, with leadership development, with self-help, with growth mindset is just like not letting it all just exist in your head, but actually doing it. Applying it. Yeah. Because we think just, just cause we're thinking it or we know about it, we're going to do it. No, 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 no. You mm-hmm. have to actively be looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about earlier with the website. Yeah. Like you have to acknowledge what's happening and then choose how you're going to handle that. If you're going to use a growth mindset, if you're going to have a fixed mindset, if you're going to practice the skill that you're working on, or if you're just going to let the opportunity, you know, pass you by. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously I was successful with my improvement plan. Um, And I think those three components, the planning, the feedback, and the practicing the skills was what really made it different and effective than just, you know, me reading a book or me having one meeting with my advising staff. Mm -hmm. Like it took all three of those things to be successful. And I think anyone can implement those three things, planning feedback and practicing skills into Mm -hmm. your own improvement plan, your own daily life. Mm -hmm. You can teach that to other people, you know? So those are kind of like the three takeaways aside from the pivot a fixed mindset to growth mindset for me. And I, I, I love those three things. You said what planning, um, feedback, and then practice, right? Mm-hmm. And I think those three things can fit into literally any portion of anyone's life ever. Mm-hmm. And it's also very important to be active with that planning, feedback, and practice. When someone has a fixed mindset, they're very passive in life. They're like, they're the ones that are like, oh, it is what it is. And, you know, I can't, nothing in my power I can do to do anything or act on anything. Now, when you have a growth mindset, you are active. Okay, this is how life is right now. What can I do? That's the thing. What, What can I do? That's where you start your planning. Growth mindset is very active right? You can't, like you said, it gets sometimes for some people, it gets stuck in your head and you're like, okay, I know what it takes to do, like have a growth mindset, but then I'm not implementing it into any, and then you're still stuck in the fixed mindset. And the planning portion, I also think is the most, one of the most important parts of it, because if you don't plan it, then there's no feedback and no practice. You have mm-hmm. to make sure in your journal, wherever you're writing on your phone, if you're making a list, you're planning, it's a plan of action how am I going to get this done with a growth mindset? Now that's being active. Then letting go of your ego is the, one of the most important things of a growth mindset with the feedback portion, Mm -hmm. because that's our ego gets hurt with feedback. The soul does not get 
um, impacted from feedback because the soul knows I'm on a journey here. I'm here to improve, be a lifelong learner. It is the ego because the ego does not like failure, hates failure. It sees it as the worst thing in the world. And if you get any negative feedback or any, you know, feedback on bad improvement, it stops you in your tracks and then you just disperse. So a very important part is to understand is to deflate the ego and just be like, I don't know everything and that is okay. I'm going to do the best I can with what I got. And once I know better, I do better. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I always tell myself. I'm going to do the best I can with what I got. And when that's important, when I know better, then I do better because sometimes everyone's like, oh, I'm like, I'm so silly for doing that. I I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, that's fine that you made a mistake because you didn't know what you were doing. Now, how, what did we, it's like, what did we learn? (laughs) Now you know better. Now you can do better. And I think it's important at any job or, you know, group or whatever to have a place for feedback. So for example, with my kids in my school, whenever they do um, like a project or writing assignment, we have glow and grow comments, which I love as like a thing in our school that we do. Mm -hmm. The glow is obviously what did you do well? And then the grow, and it's not, it's not like the bad comments. It's the grow comments of, okay, what do you need to improve on for the next time you have a project for the next time you write an essay? And the, and so what happens is the students look at my rubric, they look at my feedback and they create their glow and grow comments. I don't write them. They do. So based on my feedback, they're able to say, so they can analyze themselves Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, According to Miss Romanello's comments, right? This is what I did well, and this is what I need to work on next time. And then when it's the next time, I tell them to take out the rubric from the last one. What does it say that you need to improve on? And sometimes it could be, you know, one or two things. And I tell them, which is where I put the baby steps, choose mm-hmm. one of the grow comments you want to improve on. You're going to circle it. So that way I know when I'm going through the next essay, they want to work. Let's say it was like work on your spelling is one of them. So they circle mm-hmm. work on my spelling. So then the next time I go through and I grade it, I'm going to be making sure that's what I'm like looking for. Like they improved on their spelling because that's what they worked on for this time around. And like, I'll still make feedback for maybe they didn't quote something correctly or whatever that it was. I'll still make it known, but I'm like, this is what you can work on for next time. So now we did well with our spelling. Now for next time, we're going to work on how to quote, you know, a text or whatever it mm-hmm. is. It's baby steps. And I think it's important for students to learn that at a young age to understand that, okay, I'm going to make mistakes. I need to self-reflect and then I need to do baby steps for improvement. Because the thing was, as I think when we were growing up in school, I like don't really remember, like I had teacher feedback and like, that was it. Like you just read the teacher's feedback, you put it in your folder and then you just, you know, the next time you just wrote another essay. There wasn't like an active, okay, let's take a minute guys to actively self-reflect. So I think when now that we're adults, it's hard for us to actively self-reflect because mm-hmm. we weren't taught how to do that. Um, and we grew up in like a generation where, you know, life came a little bit, you know, different and a little bit easier for like the generations before us. And now we're kind of like, okay, well, my parents were, you know, married, had a full-time job and had a house, you know, at 27. I don't have it at 27. Like, am I a failure? Like what is, you know, cause we didn't have a time to self-reflect. Oh, maybe, huh. Maybe we're just growing up in a very different time. The economy is different. You know, student debt's an actual thing. Like take mm-hmm. that into consideration. Cause I think our age 20 something, that's why we're stuck 
is because we're not like self-reflecting. We're like, oh, well, you know, our life is just, it is what it is. And it, you know, now I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. I'm just a, I'm a product of my circumstances rather than being like, hmm, okay, I understand like the, maybe the economy is not great. <laughs> it's very chaotic <laughs> in our society right now, a lot of student debt. So probably that's why I'm feeling kind of this way, but then how can I make it better in some way? shape or form. And I think it's important to, for our generation, because now we're the coming of age of our, you know, 20s and 30s, is to understand now, like, how can we create good leaders? Because I think what's happening right now in our society, there's not really a lot of really good leadership out there. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel like a lot of society right now feels very stuck, because the leadership right now, I mean, it's not terrible, but again, it's not the best. So that's why being a good leader is very, very important. And to learn how to be a good leader is very important because you can see when there's no good leadership, society collapses. When there's no good leadership, a company will collapse. An organization will collapse, right? A school will collapse. Like even to the, to the classroom will collapse if there's not good leadership. And what's very important, if you are listening and you wanna be a leader in some way, shape or form, understand to the responsibility heavy head that wears the crown, if you will, that comes with being a leader because it's a very fulfilling role. But again, it could be very unforgiving. It could be not really feeling appreciated and things like that. You know how many times, I think that's the teacher battle cry. <laughs> I feel underappreciated and I feel unseen or heard because like you kind of said before with your leadership role back when you were 14, that like no one sees all the hard work that I'm doing, da, 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 da. And you can be doing all the hard work in the world behind the scenes, but if you're not showing that on the stage, no one's going to react to what mm -hmm. you're doing. And, you know, I think a lot of leaders right now too are like, oh, I'm doing all this work behind the scenes, but you're then not showing the people or whatever, of whoever you're in charge of, you know, the execution of all your planning. And that's why sometimes leaders feel underappreciated. But I'm telling you, heavy head that wears the crown because a lot of people want to be a leader, but then when they're actually a leader, they're like, oh, I don't really like it. Because <laughs> when you think of leaders throughout history, like, oh, you think of the heroes, right? Everyone wants to be a hero. But being a hero is very, very hard work and it's a lot of commitment and dedication. So it's very important to when, if you want to be a leader in some way, shape or form, you know that like you want to make a difference. Everyone wants to make a difference and everyone wants to make an impact, but they don't understand the work it takes and the self-work that it takes mm -hmm. to be an effective leader. And what happens then people stop being a leader and they become the boss. Mm -hmm. And that's where you know, people sink back into the fixed mindset. So if you're planning on being a leader, for those of you who are listening, you take out a notebook and just sit there and be like, okay, why do I want to be a leader? Okay. Then be like, what skills do I want to learn as a leader? When, you know, difficulties come up, how am I going to react to those difficulties? What can I do to react well to difficult, like talk yourself through it. So then you prepare yourself for the leadership role. And also an important thing is when you're a leader, sometimes you do have to learn on your feet because you can also prepare, which is very good to make yourself ready to go. But a lot of also leadership learning is on the, on the go. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, that didn't work. Okay, I gotta do something. I've done that on the fly where I'd be teaching a lesson and I'd look and I'm like, oh, this is not going well. They don't like this at all. I'm like sitting there like, oh, they hate this. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, guys, you know what? Actually, I'm reading the room. We're not vibing. Like, we don't like this, do we? And they're like, it's kind of boring. We don't really want to do it. Like, dude, this is not working. And I was like, okay, 
Let's make a few little tweaks and I'll change the last thing. You're not completely, but you know, a little tweak. And then they're like, okay, this is a little bit better. Okay, then, then we'll do something else. And then I'll like scrap the lesson and then like do a completely new lesson for the next class. Like that's, that's leadership sometimes where you're mm -hmm. like in the room and you're like, oh, well, well, what I said, my speech that I just gave in front of everybody did not go well. <laughs> go well what it was it was it my body language was it the tone of voice like why is it what i said wasn't working for them so it's just like that's the reality of being a leader is just you are on stage mm -hmm. <laughs> and you are the person that people are looking towards and you have to understand and like hold that responsibility very tight because that's what it is and you have to understand you're not perfect and then you have to understand that it's very important to ask for feedback from either your mentors as a leader the people that are listening to you give feedback how can you improve because that's what builds rapport and community and when people feel connected to their leader they feel connected to the community they stay there and they want to help and it's longevity and that's when you have people that are there for life and but when you have leaders that don't care about any of that stuff that's where you see a lot of job turnovers where people mm -hmm. are there for maybe like three years max and they're like all right i'm over it i'm gonna go somewhere else and so many it's funny it's very ironic that so many companies say like we're a family like when you get hired that's like the we're a family that's like a red flag for me i don't know why it is because i'm like if you have to say you're a family <laughs> i feel like it's like that that trickery that like why are you saying that we're a family like when i just know like when i start working like that we're like a family so yeah i never believe that right it just sounds so <laughs> fake like yeah we're a family like i just like no 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 <laughs> I don't need y'all to be a family. I need us to work effectively together. <laughs> like yeah. that's at the end. Yeah. And it's just, and you know it too. Like when you work somewhere, you're like, mm, is this for me? Is this not for me? And I think it's also very important for people that, you know, if you go to a job and you feel like the leadership isn't good, you know, talk to the other coworkers, maybe that have been there longer, figure out what's going on. And it's very important to speak up at you know the job or whatever you know if you have a union whatever that it is however you would speak up against like the leadership because why go to why go to work or wherever you're going and have a terrible experience because of poor leadership and i think what's happening is a lot of people are afraid to say something and then we get stuck with poor leadership and then we're miserable like what's the what is the benefit of that mm -hmm. so i think it's very important as a leader to be self-aware as a worker to be self-aware and if the boss is the my way or the highway, then, you know, it's not, I don't think it's worth staying there. I don't think it's worth, why be miserable for the next 30 years of your life? Like, cause what, retirement 65, usually people start their jobs in their twenties or whatever that it is. Why be miserable for 30 to 40 years because a boss doesn't want to improve themselves, then not stay at that job. You know, don't, you don't have to always switch careers, just maybe switch the job site mm -hmm. and then just go to a new spot. And then as a leader, do you want to be the reason someone's miserable at, the, at your company? Like, do you want to be the reason because your ego is so big that, you know, you, you're making, you know, your workers' lives, your volunteers' lives miserable? Like, that's something you have to think about, too. Mm -hmm. Allie, I really, <laughs> it seems like we could just talk I for know. literally ever. <laughs> I know. So I think we're going to have to call it, but... 
I just have a couple things I wanted to say um, yes, before we, we do, <laughs> yeah, before we do in the episode, which I think this has been a great conversation so far. Um, I originally was gonna wanted to touch on not being afraid to try new things, you know, with a growth mindset, but I kind of even want to tweak that mm-hmm. to saying you will like you can still be afraid because learning new things is scary, asking for feedback is scary, but the trick is to do it anyway. Literally. You know, you don't, you don't have to be like, oh, I'm afraid of this. So I can't do it until I'm not scared of it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like, <laughs> right. It's just kind of like growing your comfort zone is not <laughs> comfortable, but you just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something I'm practicing all the time. <laughs> Cause I yes. love, I love the comfort zone. It's so nice. It's so cozy there. It's so nice. And the thing is, is you're not really afraid of trying something new. You're more afraid of the outcome of trying something new. I think that's a hard mm-hmm. point to hit too. Just do it anyways. I know it's easier said than done, but the amount of times I was afraid of doing something and just did it and it was swallowed the pride and ego and just did it anyways. It has more of a positive outcome than the negative. Yeah, it's kind of reminds me of the fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I don't know if you've ever watched the TV show Once Upon a Time. Yes, ma'am. Sure did. Um, you know, the episode, the first episode with Belle in mm-hmm. season one, that's my favorite episode. I stinking love Beauty and the Beast to begin with. So I love Belle on this kind of time. And she's talking to Rumple, Stillskin, and she says, I figured do the brave thing and bravery would follow. Mm-hmm. And ever since I saw this episode years ago, obviously, whenever the show was current, mm-hmm. season one, I always remembered that. And I think that's like a more eloquent, better way of the fake yeah. it till you make it thing. Mm-hmm. But like, do the thing if you, you know, and it, it kind of works with imposter syndrome as well. Like yeah. if you're making a podcast, you're a podcaster. Like, yeah, that's, here we are. <laughs> do, do the courageous thing and you're courageous. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to touch on, you know, that kind of trying new things and, you know, being able to, I guess, deal with the fear of failure or it being challenging or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then I have two uh, two quotes that I had thought of when I was, you know, working on planning out my ideas for this episode. And one is from John F. Kennedy. And he says that learning and leading are indispensable to each other, which really touches on pretty much love that. Mm -hmm. Everything we've said this episode, you know, leading with a growth mindset, you have to be willing to learn. You need you know, you need both of them in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And then this other quote, which was actually, they, I don't know if you've watched Criminal Minds, of but they <laughs> always, you know, they have the quote in the beginning and yep. at the end. And my roommate, Abby and I, we always try to guess the quote. Like, even mm-hmm. if we have no idea, we always just try to guess. Mm-hmm. There's only been like four that we know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is one that they do have on that show. And uh, I heard it before but it's from Henry Ford. And he says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a totally good um, summation of growth mindset too. Mm-hmm. You know, whether if you're fixed or you're growing, that's what you're going to be. Exactly. And you know, what's so funny with that quote. I tell my kids that quote all the time. Cause we learn about like the inventors and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I remember when I told my kids that quote for the first time, they're like, what, huh? <laughs> and I was like, if you, it's like the thing, like Henry Ford said, if you say you're gonna, if you say you're not gonna do something, you're right. You say, and I tell them, it's like if you say you can't do something, then you're right because you're mm-hmm. not gonna, you're not gonna act on it, you're not gonna do it. 
words are very important along with your mindset. If you say like, I, um, I'm not a good leader, then do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then yeah, you're not a good leader then, you know, that's the, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And it, it's very important. The words you say to yourself as, as you're learning the words and how you talk to yourself is also very important. So if you say you can't do something, you're right. <laughs> you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Yep. Um, so that was pretty much everything else I wanted to say. I don't know if you want to kind of close this out here or if you said everything you were planning on saying or let me think. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Um, no, I think we went over all the things um, we wanted to say. And I just want to encourage people who want to become leaders, do it for the right reasons, number one. Mm -hmm. And also don't be afraid to become a leader. If you like feel in your soul, like I want to be a leader and I want to grow and be a good example for someone, be a role model for people, do it because our society needs good leaders, right? Any society needs good leaders. So if you want to be a leader, do it because we need mm -hmm. you. We need you, please. <laughs> we need you. Okay, so I guess that's it for this episode. Um, anyone listening from me, Total Improvement, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I was going to say yeah. the same thing that my growth mindset gang, thank you for listening. And Tracy, thank you so much for reaching out again to have another episode. She reached out, she's like, you want to do another one? I was like, heck yeah, I do. I can tell we're going to have to do another one in a few more months. One. That's totally fine. Um, for the Total Improvement Podcast, um, if you're not already following me, I'm at the growth mindset gal. Um, and then Tracy, just say your Instagram just one more time. for the Yeah, it's at total.improvement nice and we'll probably we'll put all that information in both of our show notes yes. and again this was a wonderful conversation tracy as always yes yeah, same same here bye Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Tracy as much as her and I enjoyed recording it. Again, please make sure that if you want to become a leader in this world, please do and use the growth mindset tactics and strategies that we spoke about in today's episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who thinks it might be beneficial for them. And make sure to rate, subscribe, and review both Tracy's podcast and my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow us both on Spotify. And I'm also on Podchaser if you like to leave a review. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.